welcome to the Tuesday Toolbox meeting of Adult Children of Alcoholics in Cobblehill, Brooklyn. My name is Anne. I'm a Tuesday Toolbox member and an adult child. We're recording our speakers every week because we're hoping others will benefit from hearing these stories from our members. We'd love to hear your comments and questions. Our email address is TuesdayToolboxACA at gmail.com. Adult Children of Alcoholics is a 12-step program of recovery for people who grew up in an alcoholic or otherwise dysfunctional home. If you'd like to find a meeting in your area, go to adultchildren.org and click on Find a Meeting. Our speaker this week is Ray, and his topic is the healing power of meetings. Take it away, Ray. Hi, I'm Ray. Ray. <laughs> Wow, this is so difficult to talk about. This is a, I've been thinking all day about what I was gonna say and, and how to tell my story. I guess the tool that I use more than anything else is to, what's that? Do you want time? Yeah, maybe when there's two minutes, just let me know. Thank you. The tool I use that's helped me the most is just showing up and coming to meetings. I read a study where they were helping soldiers that got back from whatever war we're at. And uh, they said the only thing that really helped them to get over post-traumatic stress disorder and the horror that they have been through is to be in front of other people that have been through the same thing and to tell their story, kind of to get it out of their head and they don't know what exactly it is, that how the healing works in detail, but that was the thing that relieved the symptoms and the pain that they were going through. I've been coming to ACA for about maybe a little bit over three years, and I'll never forget, I think somewhere I have a picture of the door. I actually took an iPhone picture of it before I went in, thinking, I can't believe, I gotta remember, that. I can't believe I'm gonna walk through this door. It was just so unlike me to go through and be part of a group. I was always someone that was just kind of like not a group person. and. Uh, it was pretty much immediate. After that first meeting, it was like, whoa, wait a second. I, you know, I started going once a week, and then it was twice a week, and then it was five times a week, and then for a while it was seven days a week. Like, I couldn't get enough because I was almost making up for lost time, and I couldn't believe the difference in my life, how every relationship began to change and it was almost like I was going through my whole life with a, some kind of veil over my head or something that just kind of came off and now suddenly everything was, wait a second, this is what life is? I, it was uh, a really remarkable thing. I came to this program too, not through AA or anything else, although I did stop drinking and stop doing every, you know, everything else I was doing because uh, it's just in an effort to be, t for clarity. I just felt like any time I 
it just kind of numbed me. And I think I was in such pain, I didn't realize that I was drinking just to numb myself from living and smoking pot because it was just, everything was unknown to me, but just so painful. And I, I didn't know why. I thought I was just getting through life. But in some way, I, I didn't really see, uh, it was just, I didn't see really a future or any long-term way to get through things. And then as I began to peel away things and become more present, and then my eating changed, my ever, I mean, I was just, I would just eat like just pizza and pasta and drink and just not think as if I, like, well, it was like a giant id. If I, mm. I would just, not thinking like, wait, 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 I, I have control over myself. And uh, I remember when I first, within like two months, I remember I showed up at a party and a friend came up to me and they thought I was, they thought I had cancer. They thought I was really sick because I lost like 40 pounds. Like it was really dramatic. I mean, that's what, not drinking 12 beers a day, the weight really just flies off. <laughs> but it, uh, it's been an amazing thing. And, the, and it's so tough. Words fail me all the time. I'm, I'm, it, it's so tough to find. Words are so limiting, and I can't often express myself. And, and I think until I could name what this was, I think when you're a kid growing up, you're like, wait, this is fucked up, but what is this? Like, I don't know, what, is there a name for this? Without putting a name on it, you, don't, you can't really identify it. And my, uh, my father refers to himself as the legend. And that is the legend of bartending. He started a magazine called Bartender Magazine. And uh, it, in Barnes and Noble, he has all the like, if it's bartending for dummies, how to open a bar for dummies, drinking for dummies. If it has to do with being dumb and drinking, my father <laughs> literally wrote the book on it. It's hysterical. It really is. It's, if, and if it weren't so over the top, like if I had a lawyer that was an, a father that was an alcoholic, it just would have never occurred to me. But when I started thinking about it, I'm like, wow, I guess, if, I guess, I, guess I am the child of an alcoholic. Or, wow, I guess I get, if that doesn't apply to me, who does it apply to? Like you cannot, it couldn't have been more extreme. And there's so many other crazy things that happen when you grow up in an alcoholic home. There's divorce, and then there's what, what was so painful for me is my parents got divorced, and then they married people, and then instead of two idiots, I had four idiots. <laughs> four people against me, which was just like, wait, this is getting worse, not better. This is horrific. And uh, I remember my my stepmother said to me when she was having a, my father had another kid, and they named him very close to my name. But she said to me, yeah, we wanted to name him Ray, but you were here. And oh things like this that they just don't realize they're saying, it's like, wow, that, really? I, could, you could, I guess you could still name him that, I don't know. But <laughs> just the idea of like being erased 
And when my father left, there was just no, like, wait a second, how do you forget you have three kids? This is unbelievable. And of course, with, with an alcoholic parent, it's like a yin and a yang. They're both equally toxic. Because, and my mother is now just addicted to pain pills, and it was, she's just kind of checked out, but for a while she had it together, maybe for four or five years. But it's uh, having people that are so damaged as parents, I think that's where the love is pity thing comes in. Because I just remember being a kid, even like being five, six, seven years old, looking at my own parents and going, wow, I love them, but what happened to them? I feel really bad for them. They just look at the way, like they just, their decisions were horrible. Like mm. I, I, I would kind of joke around to my mother, like from that Seinfeld episode when George did everything the opposite. I said, mom, just everything, do the opposite of what you think. You, <laughs> everything you do is hard. Like the decisions are just like you got, you, why would you do that? But then, of course, when it, when it says, like, uh, in the literature, your, your parents are, I don't know, your higher power is your parent. I, my parents are actually my parents, and we all, I am 100% my mother and my father. So all these things I'm saying about them, I am. And I actually became, I was becoming and had become my father, and it wasn't until I had a phone call from my brother where he just, this red hot anger at me, you're just like our father, you're the, and it was the first time I realized that, wait a second, whoa, what, he's actually right. I was actually become, for my whole life, I'm not gonna be like him, the opposite. Then I realized, wait a second, I am really becoming him. And I'll never forget, I. Shortly after that, I took a, a vacation to Mexico, and it was this friend came up on the beach, and he like 10 a.m. with a margarita, and he's like, "Hey, you want a margarita?" And I said, "No, no." He said, "Why? You an alcoholic?" And I said, "I don't know. It might be." <laughs> and it was empowering because on that trip, I became the designated driver. There were kids on the trip, and. And I started to realize, wait a minute, the power that came with being sober and what an adult thing that is to every night people would go out and no one could drive and I drove. And, there were, and, and it just, I just remember how, what a clarity that was and how uh, empowering it was to be sober and how much I actually liked it. Came home and I was still smoking pot as much as possible because that's how much pain I was in. But even after going to these meetings, that stopped. It was almost like the desire to numb myself stopped. The desire to eat. I remember I looked up on top of my refrigerator shortly after this and there was this huge pile of pasta and I realized, wait, I haven't had pasta in a year. I just started eating differently, exercising. And everything I would do, was uh, the heat's coming on. <laughs> Everything I would do would be, uh, I would take a run and I'd just run as hard as I could until I just 
collapsed. But, and I realized that, wait, until I realized, wait, you just run slowly. It, it's an everyday thing. <laughs> you don't run as hard as you can and collapse and then don't do it again for a month. That's not exercise. <laughs> but, uh, A lot of these uh, things are really tough because it's like the opposite, I found. For example, I don't like the 12 steps. I always say, like, I don't, I don't really believe in the 12 steps. I don't know. But yet, the 12-step book, I went through it, and that was really helpful. A, a comedian had a great joke. He said, like, they say the, the mind is the is the uh, most powerful muscle in the body. And then I thought, well, look what's telling me that. Just like the idea <laughs> that anything I'm telling myself, I have to do the opposite of, because I, my brain is not calculated right. In fact, there was, uh, there were just a lot of things that I discovered about myself through taking away all these defenses I had, and also the more vulnerable I become, the stronger I am. So that's kind of like an opposite thing. The more vulnerable, the more strong. I didn't think it worked that way. I remember my sister had, uh, my sister has three kids, and I just remember this coincided with my sister had a her first child was a, a, a girl, a daughter. And I just remember thinking, wait a minute, I cannot show up with even a couple beers or not fully there with my sister's kids. That just seems unacceptable. And it's just been the greatest thing to have been completely clear and to look at these kids and just to be with them because they can really see things. They can really see right through everything. And that's been a, a great gift. Thank you, there's two minutes left and I'll just, uh, as I was saying, there's so many things that I, that maybe I don't 100% sign up for, but yet I go toward it. One of them is higher power and faith and, for me, the being the more honest answer is just I don't know, and I think that's a, that feels right. Like I don't know is actually an honest answer. I don't, uh, you know, faith for me is is uh, such a dangerous thing actually because for me, as a kid, I needed to be heard and engage in conversation, and faith is a conversation stopper. There is no amount of if someone doesn't accept evidence as a tool, there's no amount of evidence you can then present that will change their mind. Just, it, it just stops conversation, and that's a real, I guess, trigger for me, is the, I believe in evolution. You know, that just the idea that I, do, I think that this program kind of will shed certain things and that might be one of them, it might not, and it doesn't matter. I think when I first came into this I was trying to change things and who knows, you know, 
Word. It's uh, again getting back to words and higher power. You know, people say, "Oh, the wind is the higher power," or "The group is the higher power." But then just say the group. I don't know. Just say what the word is. Don't. You, but nothing in my life has been as helpful to me as everyone in these rooms and looking around and thinking like, wow, we all went through this and somehow we found each other and just getting it out of your head and realizing like, wait, I'm not alone. I just remember being even in high school, like I would have friends that said, I don't really have parents and they just didn't get it. No, no one seemed to get it and it's just really an elusive problem to have and it's, it's it's really difficult and it's tough to to deal with and tough to I'll have to redo my podcast version because this is really, really good. <laughs> but anyway thank you very much Thanks a lot.